When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adelia Jr. Joining me is Gameonesis, a.k.a. Janet Garcia. Yo, what's good? Janet, how's it going? It's going. Um, this is our first time doing KFGD together in like a hot In second. a very long time. Yeah, of course, yeah. like we're in the studio. I don't, I'm, I'm not done KFGD with you in the studio. How many, do you, how many yeah. KFGDs have you done since we moved into the studio? Like a couple, I assume? Only like maybe definitely the, the one in the studio when I like came with Paris. Mm-hmm. One like the other day and maybe like another one just because like, I don't know, maybe someone's like fell off at some point and they're like, I can't sit at the desk. Can you, you want to jump on? And I'm like, sure. Yeah. So not too many. Um, Wait for you yeah, to spoil what to happened here. to Greg Miller. His, his leg did fall <laughs> off. He wasn't able to, to show up this morning. Um, but yeah, excited to be here. Um, excited to be here also in the era where, you know, I, I know you've already gotten some you know flowers from Tim and other people on the internet and I hit you up, blah, blah, but none of that matters. Cause what does matter is that you have the number one blessing show. Greg Miller has been overthrown. Let's Peace go. has finally been achieved. How does it feel? Uh, I mean, it feels great. I almost put out a tweet yesterday that that was like, I've killed the Avengers. Um, but I didn't want to, <laughs> I, I didn't want to make the episode totally Suicide about. Suicide Squad, kill the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the, um, fuck, what are they called in the, in the Marvel? The Marvel movie is about to come out with Florence Pugh in them. It's them kill the, kill the Avengers. The Thunderbolts. Yeah, Thunderbolts kill yes. the Avengers. Um, but no, yeah, I almost tweeted it out, but then I was like, I don't want to make, the, you know, the moment about beating um uh greg's episode of avengers right. uh instead don't I worry make, i got you <laughs> instead i want to make it about beating barrett's legend of zelda in review video because mm. what's that at barrett <laughs> oh that's at like a solid 88k let's get i us, think you're on pace let's get us to 89k <laughs> let's get us 89k but no yeah, yeah it's one, one step at a time you know like i'm happy that we finally we finally conquered greg miller uh it feels good and honestly like that's been my goal ever since i joined kind of funny so just conquer greg miller <laughs> in all of his um accomplishments and so it feels great it feels good man nice hell yeah well janet enough about conquering greg miller let's talk about today's stories which include a rumored release window for armored core 6 xbox having more GoldenEye style releases and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news needs to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kind of funny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content Housekeeping for you, over on Patreon, we have a brand new heated episode of Kinda Feudy. Uh, we have an episode of The Shit List where we reacted to IGN's top 10 
fighting games. And we have an upcoming episode of the Kind of Funny Next Gen podcast where me, Barrett, and Roger detail a crazy night out. It was a wild night out. Crazy things happened. It was actually a very normal night out, but we detailed it anyway. Uh, you can catch all those on patreon.com slash kind of funny. And then, of course, there's a new episode of The Blessing Show that you should go check out right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today, we're brought to you by HelloFresh, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. This is a rumor, and so take this with a grain of salt. Armored Core 6 has a September to October release window. This is, this is Jose Garcia at DualShockers. A recent report over on Xputer is claiming that the previously revealed Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon is internally slated for a September to October 2023 release window. So far, all that we've seen regarding this game was its reveal trailer back at the Game Awards 2022, which had the uh, much vaguer 2023 window plastered on the final splash screen. It's a notable piece of info, if true, but take it with a grain of salt, as the Xputer report is unspecified about its sources and no other publication has yet to corroborate the information. One factor that does give the pot potential leak some credibility is that the author did previously leak the Botan Kaitos remaster, writing a piece about it in January 2023, a month before its official reveal during Nintendo's February Direct. The reason this is particularly relevant is that, uh, like Baten Kaitos, or Baten Kaitos uh, Armored Core 6 is being published by Bandai Namco. Elden Ring is another Bandai Namco title, about uh, which the report also made an interesting claim. It alleges that the recently confirmed DLC, Shadow of the Erd Tree, is set to release after Armored Core 6, meaning after September or October of this year. If the report is to be believed, it's undoubtedly disappointing news for Elden Ring fans that have long been waiting for a substantial new chunk of content. Janet, does September to October of this year seem right for you for Armor Core 6? I think so, because I feel like a lot of the conversation, if we look back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the year for most anticipated games and, you know, what we think has the most potential for critical acclaim, etc. Armored Core is definitely one of the ones that gets brought up. So I think that fall time is that hot time for games. So I think that totally is appropriate for a title like this. I think in, in relation to the Elden Ring potential, like tie-in rumor of that being after that. Um, I mean, I could see that happening. It does seem like there's obviously a lot to get done and it's impressive that they're even putting out like DLC, let alone DLC that's close to the release, let alone the fact that it's a, such a substantial game that there's going to be presumably so much more with that. But at the same time, like what's the rush necessarily? I think there's plenty with dlc like since it's so the audience is so much smaller too than even like the base game like how many people beat the base game of any game let mm. alone go back and play the dlc that's always kind of a small number it's always a hardcore kind of for the culture type yeah. situation it's not an that audience not that's fully involved. invested yeah like you're if you're playing like in an entire like beating a game and then beating the dlc of that game even though i'm sure you know the people watching here are like what are you talking about i've done that a bunch again these are like the hardest of the hardcore most people don't have that experience so i don't think i think that timeline they totally can make sense for this but what about you what's your read on armored core for the fall is fall the season of armored core in your mind i think so at least i think that's their plan i think there's every every possibility that it could get delayed you know you're talking about a game that uh, armored core 6 i think is gonna be a big game i don't know if it's gonna be a, as big as elden ring but it's a it, for from software for how they approach development now like 
every game from them feels like a oh damn y'all put some work into this kind of game and i expect armor core 6 to fall in line with with that and so i think it could, it could slip when they announced it at the game awards for 2023 i always assume late 2023 right like september to october seems right to me um like november seems right to me like any any portion in that last fourth of the year honestly seems that was already my expectation and so that part doesn't surprise me honestly i think the more interesting tidbit is the idea that armored core 6 is going to come before the elden ring dlc this falls in line with my thought of it yesterday when i was talking to tim in terms of hey they announced it as officially in development yesterday for me that says oh this is far away like this isn't coming out this year they didn't attach a year to it or anything they Mm. said it's now officially in development no trailer that tells me that this thing is not around the corner i think yeah, you're probably going to wait until 2024 for the Elden Ring DLC. And I think, honestly, I think we're lucky if it's not a Cuphead DLC situation where years later we're like, where's the Cuphead, Cuphead DLC? Because when you talk about the DLC being for a portion of the audience, I think that's true for most DLC. And that's going to be true. That's true for every DLC to some extent, right? Like, usually it's the hardest of the hardcore that's showing up to this thing. I think for From Software, a large portion of that audience is going to show up. You know, I, I, I think you look at something like Elden Ring DLC and even them calling it an expansion. And I think that is going to be more akin to a um, Witcher 3 blood and wine situation where right. word of mouth is going to get around. And people are going to be like, hey, no, you got to check it out. Right. Or even um, Bloodborne with the old Hunters DLC. That is one that, again, that's that's another one that people talked about. And people were like, yo, this is some of the best content in the game. Right. Like I look toward. um uh, fuck, there was like another DLC. Like, there, there's a class of DLC expansion for story games that is like, oh, this is almost as monumental of a release as the game itself. I think the Elden Ring DLC is going to be along those lines of, no, this is must watch viewing if you are, or must wa- must must play video game if you are an Elden, <laughs> <laughs> an Elden Ring fan, right? You want to show up to this thing. Um, and I think with that, you want to get it right. You want to pack it with content. Elden Ring, I spent about 100 hours playing, and I still there's still plenty of content that I've not um, gotten to in that game, and that speaks to the breadth of how much stuff is in that game. I think a DLC, you want, it, it want, you want that to be similar. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the mainline path for Elden Ring DLC, you're approaching maybe 15 to 20 hours, and then maybe for side stuff as well, maybe you're getting another 30 to 40 hours out of, out of the game. I think that's what you want to target for Elden Ring DLC, but that is also going to take time. And so I think it makes complete sense that that comes after Armored Core 6, which they want to get out this year. I think, too, like, this would... And again, this is all us just, like, speculating and dreaming about how these marketing beats might go. But to your point of it potentially being a next year release, I think that'd be, like, a, you know, Game Awards... Elden Ring DLC trailer like you know kind of an easy win for everyone involved there and I could see them really like setting it up that way uh selfishly I of course don't want the Elden Ring DLC to come out because I don't have it drafted in Fancy Critic so and even though Greg is on team PS I love you I am looking to win the whole thing okay so I'm like all right this doesn't come out like that's fine by me god how are you looking on that fantasy critic by the way I haven't opened it in a minute oh I'm looking real wavy however I'm a little salty because, you know, I had that. And when we're going to see how the chips fall, but I had that debate. Do I, you know, I didn't have a lot of, obviously we all picked pretty good games. Duh. You know, we know what we're doing mostly, but there wasn't a lot of like whack stuff left for me to pick. So I was between Lies of P and Suicide Squad. And I really wanted to pick Suicide Squad, but everyone told me it was a horrible idea. So I didn't. And I regret not picking it. Not picking Suicide Squad? Yeah. But we'll see. Do you think Suicide Squad is going to kill it in the Metacritic? Or in the open critic, I guess. Oh, I meant for the counter. Oh, for the counter pick. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Lies of P. And I gotcha. feel like I feel like 
that was a mistake. But other than that, I'm I'm hitting I'm sitting real real nice. Mike did screw me over in draft the Mortal Kombat game. He outbid me, so he dropped mm. the big bucks for that Mortal oh, Kombat game. Oh, that's so smart. I didn't even think to try and draft the Mortal Kombat game. Oh, look at me just fucking slacking on this thing. That's so such sal- a good I'm call. I'm salty about that because I and I, I didn't put up crazy numbers for it, but I was like, oh, what are people putting out? I think I put like I don't know, maybe ten. 12 12 bucks i think i put 13 bucks in mm-hmm. honor of 12 or something like i don't know so i don't know if, if uh if if mike dropped like 50 on that or what he dropped on that but um it seems he dropped he a lot 18 possibly on it because he only has yeah. 82 dollars left mm. other than and, that i'm destroying it so um that's yeah, a lot of your games are counterpick. already out too right like you got dead space out you got octopath out and octopath yeah. is killing it like a dragon's I'm out getting a nice comfy kind of lead and now all, the, gotta, all like, these games are in the are in the 80s Meanwhile, I only have one game that's out, and that's Fire Emblem Engage. And honestly, I think it, it underperformed a little bit for me. Like, you got an, it has an 81 on Open Critic, but yeah. I was hoping that that would be three houses good, and it seems like it's not going to hit that level. No, I agree. I agree. I was surprised that it wasn't a little bit higher. But, I mean, 80s, it, it, basically, for in my opinion, for Fancy Critic, if you're hitting in the 80s, like, that's a W. That's the ideal. For sure. I think underperforming, you're barely getting points on the board, and obviously everyone dreams of, like, breaking 80s, but that's pretty rare. So, my... My fantasy for Fancy Critic is to have a year where I get nothing but in the eighties. That's really hard to do because I mean, honestly, towards the end, if you do that, just, that's probably automatic, just automatic victory, right? Because like yeah. we take risks, and that's on. I think that's often the downfall is like, oh yeah, this game that you didn't know about looks really cool. It's an indie darling. It's whatever, and you bid, bid on it, and it just it gets a seventy or it gets a sixty. Like I have Chia, and I don't know. Like I like that. I previewed that game, and I like that a lot, but. We're gonna see where the chips fall. I don't know what the full release is gonna be like, but yeah. Well, anyway. how do you, how do you think the chips are gonna fall on the second half of the year in terms of game releases? <sighs> Again, we're talking about Armored Core Six, seemingly rumoredly, which I I mean, without this rumor, I would have assumed this anyway. Um, yeah, seemingly coming out right in the fall. You got, also got presumably Spider Man Two coming out in the fall. We're talking about the first half of the year being stacked when we're talking about uh dead space we're talking about hi-fi rush i'm looking at blessing super fun game release calendar right now you're talking about sure. you know hogwarts um the new hardware and psvr2 destiny 2 lightfall um uh, resident evil uh star wars horizon dlc legend of zelda tears of the kingdom uh and then you know we cap off the first half of the year in june with street fighter 6 diablo 4 and final fantasy 16 that's a fucking banger first half of the year you don't have to announce any more games for the first half of the year and we're already like we got one of the best first halves, I think, in a very long time, if not maybe ever. Do you think second half is going to be lacking for where we're at right now? Or, like, do you do you think we get uh, Spider-Man and then also Armor Core 6 hit along with other games? I could definitely see Spider-Man and Armor Core 6 being the kind of, if we're thinking of, which someone should make this. I don't know if anyone listening to this has the skills to do it, nor do I know how hard it is. But you know how you see those, like widgets or like tools online that's like oh we made a concert off your spotify play stuff like that somebody mm. used to do this but for like games coming out like the headliners of the year and stuff like if it was coachella or lala or whatever i definitely think for the fall we can see like armored core spider-man 2 as kind of the headliners or second to top headliners of that and i'm wondering for me the big question mark is during that e3 key three not e3 summer showcase bonanza like whatever y'all are doing for it right like what is gonna drop like what don't we know about because it does feel like we know a lot so it's like what's left to know i do think that we're gonna see at least like two extra big hits coming out but i just don't know exactly what those are yet i feel like we're gonna see that stuff 
in the summer for like fall, you know, YouTube chat saying factions question mark. I, I don't really throw factions or silk song or anything like that in there, but we could see those at any point. Like those are mm. games and titles besides the unknown. There are games and titles out there that could drop any second. We just don't really know. They're either going to drop randomly or we'll finally get like a proper date and it'll be like, you know, half a year, a year out or yeah. something. I think the big question mark is Starfield still, you know, is that act- is that going to slip right. into the second half? Or is that going to be a first half thing? At this point, I'm totally down for that game to slip into the second half. I will owe Tim a pizza if that happens, but I think it's worth it to have more time to play that game because I think when you're talking about the headliners of the second half of the year, Spider-Man 2 is going to be a headliner. If Starfield slips into the second half, that's for sure going to be a headliner. And then, yeah, I think you have Armored Core 6 as well, even though that speaks to a nicher audience. But, like, that's a from software audience, right? I think you're going to have the people that played Bloodborne, played uh, Sekiro, played Elden Ring, and are like, oh, yeah, from software, like, they're, they're, the, they're the gods, <laughs> show up for Armored Core 6, uh, regardless of, like, how nerdy or how different it is for them. I think people are going to try that out and be excited for that. And so, yeah, like, I'm still, I'm excited for the second half of the year. I'm excited to, like, just see how it pans out, right? See what those games are, and then also see if things like Sea of Stars or, um, um oh, there was like another random oh um stellar blade i think is the yeah. the action game yeah see if that hits you know i i i think that'll maybe lend to a more rounded out um second half along with like pikmin 3 as well and whatever else nintendo's cooking yeah pokemon dlc all that stuff story yeah. number <laughs> you know the pokemon dlc doesn't do it for you i mean come on now like do we gotta open that wound up again like let's let's keep it positive fair enough story number two uh xbox says it has some golden eye type reveals planned before its summer showcase this is tom ivan at video games chronicle microsoft's head of gaming has said the company has some quote golden eye uh, type reveals planned over the coming months ahead of a major product showcase in june Last month, the platform holder held the first Xbox and Bethesda developer underscore direct digital event where it announced Minecraft Legends and Redfall release dates, showed off Forza Motorsport, and surprise announced the release or and released Tango Gameworks Hi-Fi Rush. At the end of the event, it also confirmed plans to host a product showcase in Los Angeles in June. During a recent Xbox On interview, uh, Spencer was asked if there are any other big reveals planned before this summer, summer showcase. Quote, So a lot of our focus right now is on the showcase in June, but there's some news that's coming out, he replied. Quote, like, you know, like we did with the GoldenEye announcement, I'm thinking like, you know, GoldenEye-type announcements, end quote. (laughs) Following months of speculation, Microsoft officially announced a modern port of GoldenEye 007 for Xbox Game Pass in late January. Uh, Quote, So, there will be games available in different services, Spencer continued. Obviously, the Game Pass portfolio continues to grow, but most of our focus as a team is really on getting ready for the showcase, end quote. Jan, do you have any expectations for Xbox before the June showcase? When he says, you know, like we have some maybe GoldenEye style uh, releases, does that mean anything big to you? Not necessarily because, again, people are going to get mad, but (laughs) GoldenEye type announcements, I have two questions about that. I'm curious what you're view on this Mm -hmm. do you think by that he means goldeneye type announcement like a game akin to goldeneye aka an old game people loved and then they play it now and they realize it's not that good but then they're really mad about it um if you don't like it and also it doesn't have online functionality for some reason or Mm -hmm. do you think it means goldeneye type like the level of excitement or like hype or pop you know is it more Mm -hmm. of like a retro thing or is it an expectations thing when he makes a statement like that like what's your read on it I think it's more of like an expectations like hype thing, right? I don't, I mean, I think it could be cool if um, they dropped, like, Bear was showing footage of Banjo Kazooie, it looked like it'd be cool if they dropped Banjo for Switch 
right? Like, I, the, I, when you look at the GoldenEye announcement, that was a thing that was rumored forever, and it just came out. But, but yeah, I think Banjo is already on Switch Online or whatever. Oh, is it already? Yeah, I, I put up Banjo footage because I was trying to think of, like, what, like, like Janet's thinking of, like, what would be that level? What B-roll can I show? And I was like, the, I'm going to show Banjo, Banjo does I guess, hold up. but, like, I, mm. I, it's not really... So I, I guess I'll show Conquer for Mike, you know. Mm, see, there you go, there you go. I yeah. I, now that one I don't know if it holds up. I'll be honest. Oh, definitely. Not. I could really. I, oh yeah, Conquer. Yeah, no. yeah. I mean, if you played it back in the day, like you, you'll appreciate it for the nostalgia. But yeah, no, the jokes are definitely like uh, the jokes and the gameplay. Honestly, are definitely like a bit dated for 2023. Um, but yeah, I know I, I I could see it being a thing of hey, we have some like. Pretty basic, like remasters that we're putting out sure. to make certain games uh, playable on modern platforms. Like what I saw people in chat listing off different games. Like um, I saw somebody say Crimson Skies. Somebody said uh, Perfect Dark. Even though Perfect Dark, I know is in the rare replay, but maybe that's the the, the Switch thing that they could drop. Um, but I think in terms of hype and announcement, yeah, like I, I think you're talking about those smaller titles that you can say, hey, these are out right now on Game Pass, and this is a game that. Is either a remaster or a game that you just didn't know was coming to the platform. You know, I think he's talking about that ilk to kind of carry the ship until we get to that June showcase and also the Starfield showcase, right? Like you have exciting right. things to talk about. Uh, we know those are on the horizon. And in the meanwhile, we know that we're uh, getting Forza Motorsport at some point. Um, you know, we have a date for Redfall. And yeah, like we, we have big things to look forward to in the nearish future. So if you have small little like small little announcements they can drop here and there to get us until then, I think you're looking good. Yeah, I think too what's so smart and convenient about the general model that Xbox is rocking with right now with Game Pass is it's because the library is already so vast and I think they've brought out so many quality new games and also done things like you know, again, the GoldenEye thing, even if you end up not playing it, like, it's exciting to see, right? I don't think you necessarily need to go back, enjoy, love, put in the hours you did before, but it's kind of like, to me, GoldenEye is more of a, hey, you're you're thinking of different audiences and you're paying attention to, like, what the vibes are, what the community is. Is like, anything on Game Pass is basically a win. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be that game that you're sinking a million hours into or the thing that you specifically want to pop for. But I think at this point it's so established that these smaller type announcements, easy, quick wins in the lead up to those bigger moments that you're kind of talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see what, what um, their future showcases look like. You know, I'm, I'm very curious to see like how they sell us on Starfield even more. The latest E3 showing for Starfield or quote unquote E3, I think it was more summer game fest, the, the June showcase for um, right. Starfield left people i think a little bit split just in terms of like oh yeah okay this is this a more of a survival type game okay this looks like just like more bethesda type stuff where's the the personality that you get out of a thing like um um i was gonna say elden rolls uh elden or elder scrolls or fallout you know i, I think people would desire a bit more of that i believe that's in there but i think they're having a tough time showing it a little bit so i'd like to see a bit more of what makes starfield sing Right, like have they talked about if they're doing, you know how they have like developer direct format? Have they mentioned like if they're taking that format for individual games? Like I don't remember offhand. No, I don't think they have. Um, then they talked Would about Would you want them to? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that'd be a really good way to do it, right? I mean, it's in the it's in the name already, developer underscore direct, and in that in that um showcase, they do like, you know, interviews with developers and it is more of this 
um, person-to-person thing of, oh, yeah, you're watching the devs actually talk about their game and actually pitch their game and stuff. I think that would work really well for a Starfield. Um, See, I, was the implication not that the, that's what Starfield would get is its own kind of developer underscore direct when they I think they so. announced? Did they say, did they say d- d- developer underscore direct for it? <sighs> Um, <laughs> I know I, I love that we keep pronouncing the, the underscore. Uh, yeah, you well, started some this people blessing. do, and then some people don't. And I hate that they have the underscore in there to begin with. It started off just... as a joke, and now it's just me. Now <laughs> like now, real. I just say it. Now it's real. Now it's real. Um, well, no, I saw when I like because I was I think in studio that day. Yeah. yeah, people say it. People say the underscore. Well, no, 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 uh, sorry uh, to bring it back to Starfield. I don't think mm-hmm. they said developer direct specifically for Starfield, but because they like announced the developer direct and like Starfield getting its own thing later on. I don't know. I think it'd be weird to like, hey, let's have a developer direct for all of these other games. And then the Starfield thing, completely different type of products that we're going to put out. Yeah. You know? I, but I do think it's weird that they just didn't say that it was a developer direct that's happening for Starfield. That's what makes me well, think that it's not going to be. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's two ways they can go about it, right? If they take the direct format and make it for individual games, which we've seen, that's basically like the Nintendo model where they have a Nintendo direct. And sometimes they'll be like, this is our like mario direct or whatever or mario movie direct which is like they kind of just put direct on anything and they're like this is what it is and we're like cool okay we get it we know what it is that's probably the simplest and more straightforward thing the other alternative is to take more of the playstation model and to have like different names for these different levels of production so you know play state of play versus playstation showcase um so i think i'm just wondering which one they're going to end up taking but either way i do hope that whatever they do with starfield establish establishes a kind of format and how they communicate these bigger releases and structure the conversation around these bigger releases to its wider audience because i think they hit so well with that developer direct that i'd love to either see them amplify that format for Mm -hmm. one specific game or roll out a new format um anything that gets us further away from the original like very 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 long showcases that they tend to do um i think is good just for like you know brevity clarity snappiness stuff you can pull out like i'm I'm really excited to see, um, like many people, more about this and get a better sense of what makes this its own unique thing, right? Like you were mentioning with the, you know, other comparisons to other games, something that makes it. Yeah. What makes feel it pop? Like, I don't like, have where's to just the... keep saying, it's a Bethesda game, you know? Yeah. Where's something the magic more... in Starfield? Yes. You know, what's going to make me go, oh, damn, okay, I'm a fan of this thing, the way that people are fans of, of uh, Skyrim or fans of Fallout, you know? Uh, in the conversation about the developer underscore direct thing, I think also, I wonder if. I, and I wonder if they don't do it because developer developer direct isn't a built brand yet. You know, they had that first one. The first one was fun, but it's not a sh- it's not a showcase level thing, right? It is a thing for us to interface with their developers and for them to talk about things. I think the biggest thing we got there was, of course, them shadow dropping Hi Fi Rush. Um, but I don't. I, Starfield is such a juggernaut of a game to talk about and to market that I don't know if filing that under a developer direct is going to put as many eyes on it as much excitement on it as they want to unless this is their unless their goal is to make developer direct that right like somebody in chat said starfield underscore direct you would have to call it something like that in order to actually make people show up and make people like Mm. be like oh damn okay developer direct is something that i need to get hyped and excited for on the level of a nintendo direct or on the level of a playstation showcase or xbox june showcase all right like you need to build that up i don't know if the question is do they want to build that up or not, or keep direct, developer direct as something a bit more intimate. If that's the case, then I do think you do Starfield as its own thing, and just go, and just say, hey, we have a Starfield showcase coming this Thursday, and it's going to be 
30 minutes of Todd Howard <laughs> talking about all the things that you can do in Starfield and how they just work. You know, like that, I, I, I think that might be how you go about it. Um, and I hope, I think and I hope that it's right around the corner. There's been rumors. I saw uh, Andy Robinson just last week was tweeting about how um, the Starfield showcase is imminent and people are hearing those rumblings. And so I'm surprised we haven't gotten the announcement already. I hope that sometime uh, over the next, uh, over the rest of the week, maybe we get the the Starfield showcase announcement, but we shall see. Janet, you know what you can see? Exclusive content over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. You can go there. You can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. Remember those New Year's goals you promised yourself that you'd stick to? Well, HelloFresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door, taking the hassle out of dinner time. Fast and fresh recipes, HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 15 minutes. So you can enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with Bernays sauce, or Southwest pork and bean burritos. A ton of us here at Kind of Funny have been using HelloFresh for years. Kevin loves how easy it is to get Paula vegetarian options, while I just love how quick the fast and fresh recipes come together during a hectic day in the studio. Go to HelloFresh.com slash kind of funny 65 and use code kind of funny 65 for 65 percent off plus free shipping that's hellofresh.com slash kind of funny 65 and use code kind of funny 65 for 65 percent off plus free shipping hellofresh america's number one meal kit the newest episode of my video essay series the blessing show is out right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and it's all about black hair in video games black representation is complex compared to alien frogmen i'm sure it's way easier to conceptualize this than a fade elden ring is the highest selling new ip in years and i guarantee you from software and bandai namco understands that their audience extends internationally when given the option to create a black character i'd like to create a version of myself that doesn't look like a Lil Nas X thing lead for Fall Out Boy. For many, I'm sure this seems like a very minuscule and specific thing to complain about. There's plenty of noteworthy areas of improvement the games industry can still make, even in just the area of representation and inclusion. So why is black hair when the harp on? Well, for folks who just listen to me on podcasts and have never seen a kind of funny video before, surprise, I'm black. Check it out over on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. And we're back. And before we move on to story number three, I do have some breaking news. Hi-Fi Rush tweeted out, what a crowd. Two million players have enjoyed hashtag Hi-Fi Rush, and we can't thank you enough. Look at that. Two million players for Hi-Fi Rush. Janet, I don't think I've talked to you about Hi-Fi Rush. Have you gotten to check it out? Yeah, yeah. I played it like pretty shortly after it came out. Um, really enjoying it so far. I just have to go back and finish it. And it is long enough that I'm like... When exactly do I want to make the time for it? I think I'll try to get to it this month because I'm trying to like really be on it with like my best of like roundups for every three months and like really write it up and really have played all the games I want to play. And Hi-Fi Rush mm. is definitely on there, especially because I streamed the beginning of it. And as you know, like it has licensed music and they do have a streamer mode, which is great. And the music in the streaming mode is actually really good. Like it is the same mood and tones and rhythms as like the licensed music. But I'm kind of looking forward to playing it offline so that I can actually hear what the licensed music is because yeah. it's like kind of you know music-based game um but yeah I, I mean i think it's gonna be on a lot of lists and a lot of conversations i am also thinking about one thing i'm trying to work on this year for myself is being more in tune with what stuff do i want to highlight outside of just like these are my top 10 games of the year or these are my like you know favorite games in whatever genre so stuff like 
Um, I think this is going to be up there for like for uh, Game Awards. What is it called? Like best art direction like that. This will probably be on that oh, list. Like yeah. I have notes on those things. That way I can remember like five, six, seven months from now. What was the best sound design of the year? Because it's really hard to, I think, look back on that stuff. So yeah looking forward to uh to finishing it uh i've actually been playing a lot of on game pass lately too because i've been playing potion craft a bunch too though i am actually playing that on steam deck not on game pass but it's on game pass yeah i mean high fire rush is one i hope gets remembered to, uh, toward the toward the end of the year and i think it will oh, I think by, it's uh, guaranteed i think guaranteed it will by a lot of people but it's also one of the ones where it's such a competitive year that once we get past resident evil and zelda and all the games i mentioned starfield and all the games i mentioned earlier it's like oh man hopefully hopefully high fire rush gets its flowers you know i don't know if it was, if we'll see it in game of the year at game awards like i would love to see it there but i hope that at least yeah in categories like art direction or soundtrack and like you know other things maybe best family game whatever that means hopefully we see it oh, show yeah, up classic just yeah, for no reason exactly i still there. don't know what best family game means but yeah hopefully no, we see, see they it don't know, no one knows and even in the, i got a lot of you know what when you I see a lot it of, was you know, you know I, I feel like high fire rush is it's family appropriate it's a game that i would yeah. show my little nephews and be like yo play this <laughs> That's their family. I don't know. Is it multiplayer? Is it Nintendo? Here, Who family? knows? Name it kid-appropriate <laughs> games. You know, E for everyone. Best, best, e, for best everyone. e for everyone. It's that's not different, though. So I don't know. Because you know, like definitely the title of best family game is supposed to mean something different. But the, the <laughs> things that are nominated for that category make it seem like more. It's like not things that you're playing together, but just kid-friendly games. Yeah. <laughs> Mortal Kombat 12, best family game. Like, there is no rules. Ring Fit Adventure. It's like how they put Sifu in best fighting game. I'm still, I'm, well, yeah, I'm, I'm still salty about that. How dare y'all? Jeff Keighley. Story number three. PlayStation and LeBron James show off their new PS5 designs. This is from the PlayStation blog. At PlayStation, we always relish the chance to collaborate creatively with, with cultural leaders who redefine what it means to play and live life without limits. Uh, that's why we recently unveiled our new PlayStation Playmakers program. Uh, today, we're humbled to announce a limited edition PS5 console cover and DualSense wireless controller collaboratively designed with PlayStation Playmaker, sports icon, philanthrop <laughs> philanthropist, and entrepreneur LeBron James. Uh, these specially designed PS5 accessories, which feature elements inspired by LeBron and his love for gaming and community, will be available as a limited release in select countries globally. As a PlayStation Playmaker, LeBron co-designed the PS5 console cover and DualSense wireless controller with personal imagery and adages that have been meaningful throughout his journey. This is just the beginning for PlayStation Playmakers. We look forward to spotlighting more stories from this dynamic and evolving network of talent who are passionate about, their share, about sharing their love for PlayStation and video games with the world. They represent some of, the some of today's most exciting creators, athletes, actors, artists, gamers, and entertainers. PlayStation Playmakers is part of our journey to inspire gaming fans and prove the power of play. Janet, how do we become PlayStation Playmakers, me and you? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I was not expecting you to ask that. How And like, oh, what does our console and controller look like when they give us a chance to design it? Are we just using PS Love You designs? I think, no, I think we got we to gotta branch out. This is our time for some solo dolo branding. Hell yeah. Um, you know, you got to get your reps in. So I think we totally go selfish on this. You know, yours is just like, blessing stuff and mine's just game on stuff we can do like uh I, like if if we did it this way right like if uh -huh. i if i got to pick either the console or the controller for blessing show branding and you got to pick one for pentapixels branding which one mm. are you, you you doing console or controller and the other person gets the other one that's a good question i'm doing controller because i think the pentapixels uh. label stuff and the coloring fits in better 
I feel like blessing show branding stuff like the red, the black, like I think it'll yeah. it'll like pop the paper more on a console kind of texture. Yeah, that would look cool. I think on the the PS5 like uh, yeah. side panels. Yeah, I can see that. All right, deal. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, but how do we become that? Um, maybe we have to like do more in the community. I feel like we do some stuff, but I don't know, maybe a little bit more. Uh, some more charity streams. Some uh, shake some hands. Like I don't know. Yeah. What do you think of the consoles? <sighs> Honestly. It leaves a bit to be desired. And I do get that, like, seeing the art, I do see how, like, that speaks to LeBron and the stuff that he's, like, kind of, his aesthetic and, like, the things I've seen posted, like, on social in general. Again, I'm not a big sports person. That's my brother covering the Lakers, and I'm sure he's very in tune with what LeBron's PlayStation could have looked like. But mm. I, my number one beef with this is lack of commitment. And I, and I have this issue with a lot of PlayStation um I don't want to call them spinoffs, but like uh, special, you know, yeah, special accessories, like, you know, unique collabs, whatever. The controller, I think, at least commits. Again, we can talk about does it look nice or whatever. It's fine to me. It's all right. But it's everywhere on the controller. You look at that right away, you know that, oh, this is different. The consoles where I really have beef with, and granted, on this photo, you can only Mm. see one angle of the console, but it's just like a scribble on the side, something kind of in the middle. I think the fact that it seemingly, again, not 100% sure, uses the same um, color black as their other black PS5 faceplates takes away from it a bit. Like, I, this is a chance for this to have really gotten fun graffiti pop to it to the point where someone even like me, who's not like a LeBron stan or anything, would be interested in this. But it's like it, it just feels so like tacked on, almost like you put a temporary tattoo on it. Yeah. It's like uh, it just that, and that's my that's my only real beef with it, because, again, we can debate the aesthetics and whatever. And like maybe there's I'm sh- I feel like there's probably more interesting or eye catching LeBron angles for a PS5 cover. But, yeah, so, you know, altered rain in the Twitch chat. So much negative space. Exactly. Yeah. Fill it out. Commit to it. Let uh, you know, make it make it pop more. So that's my beef with it. But what about you? How's this land for you? I, I think the, the Ladul sense is a bit messy. It feels a bit all over the place. And yeah, I agree 100% about the console panels that there's a lot of negative space. And it's like the the parts where you do have the design are like very loud and colorful. And then it just like fades. It doesn't even fade to black. It just cuts to black. Yes. And I think you could have gotten a little bit more... Um, you 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 could have you could have gone harder, right? I think aesthetically, this isn't something that I would want in my living room or in my bedroom. If I was a LeBron fan, maybe that changes. I saw in as soon as I posted this in our um, KFG Slack channel, uh, Mike Howard, Snow White Mike, immediately was like, "Oh, this is sick!" And I almost I, legitimately, I was like, "All right, well, this is for somebody." Like uh, Snow White Mike, I assume <laughs> is is a LeBron fan, and so uh, you just you shine any like bright colors in front of Mike, he's just entertained, you know? Like that, that, that's all you need. Yeah, me. I was I was shocked by the response. I was like, like "Oh, I he said it. that." In all caps also so i was like oh damn <laughs> like this like speaking the of controller one. yeah like i agree with janny here it, it, it's fun it's cute i like the little uh playstation symbols being kind of like reutilized for the crown which is cool but then yeah you look at this fucking faceplate and it's just it's so small it doesn't use its space well it's like i don't know i can't get hyped for that yeah and, like i fucking grew up like two towns over from the guy so i don't know yeah, I think the idea of the PlayStation Playmakers thing is interesting. You know, Barrett shared yes. it in the KFG Slack a couple days ago, and I skimmed through it, and I was like, all right, this seems like a marketing kind of thing. We'll see what this pans out to. And then two days later, it pans out to a special edition console. Uh, but yeah, when you look through the program of them partnering with different celebrities to see, like, what cool partnerships they can do, um, like, if this was a 
like a if this is something I care more about, right? Like shout out to LeBron, of course, one, one of the goats and all that stuff. But I'm not a big basketball person. If this was like Kendrick Lamar console with like King Kunta design or whatever, then I'd be like, oh, let's freaking go! <laughs> like I'm all in. And it's like it's the same crowns, but just like a different color. They're like, what? It's yeah. different. Um, we need to, you know, and obviously it's funny whenever we end up talking about like really in the weeds marketing stuff. It's like okay, these are just like commercials or adverts, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But they are a little bit fun, and I think I do. I think they do end up speaking to you know the cult the wider culture around gaming and try to like to bring more people in and make it more relatable we need to get back to the era of like remember when all those celebrities were like carrying around the gamecube that's like we <laughs> we have we need that kind of morality you know we don't have that anymore like i mean the might Beyonce get that. gif playstation playmakers might be that yes yeah that, that's the thing that's what we how do we achieve that though because like there's not an accessor accessorizeification mm. to the concept it's so chunky but like that's what that's you, what I you want. You gotta put a bunch our... of celebrities in like the same theater and give them all PSVR two headsets okay. and like show them all playing um, uh, Firewall Ultra together and like playing co op against each other. And it's LeBron James and Beyonce and Jack Harlow facing off against Drewski and PewDiePie for some reason. <laughs> and like and Seth Rogen. And Seth Rogen. You gotta speak to the different audiences. You know, you gotta speak to the different audiences. Get Taylor Swift in there. You know, just put them all in PSVR two headsets. Have them play a co-op shooter together and see what happens. Uh but yeah, no, when I open up the the SIE blog where they talk about PlayStation play, playmakers, they do a whole QA with I believe it's Eric yeah, with Eric Lempel, who's the um, SVP of global marketing at PlayStation. One of the questions they ask is who's part of the playmakers? And he goes on to list a bunch of people. Uh Eric says, We're thrilled to welcome cultural taste makers god cultural tastemakers uh from around the globe like nba icon lebron james country music star jimmy allen actor and comedian king batch who like for i, I know king batch isn't a deep cut i don't know how many people in our audience <laughs> is gonna be familiar with king batch but like, okay cool uh, i don't know if king batch is still as relevant as he was during the vine days but i digress professional bmx athlete that's why he's doing this <laughs> he's doing it for the relevance uh nigel sylvester WNBA all rookie uh, uh nalisa smith nfl stars jamar chase and cc lamb french football freestyler lisa zimuch uh belgian football star uh, romelu lukaku and then uh, uh brazilian content creator julio cecilio uh and variety of other stars from from the world of gaming sports esports and entertainment Cool. You can get a you can get a vibe of what they're going for here, just based off of the names, right? Like they're trying to they're trying to speak to like broad international audiences, and like they're trying to speak to like a lot of people that are. Uh, I don't know what the what bucket you put these people in, right? In terms of like you're you're speaking you're speaking to people to speak to, to the culture um, of like various sure. interests, right? Sports, extreme sports, that kind of thing. All right, cool. Like, I guess my question for you, Janet, is who is one person? that you would ask PlayStation to approach for PlayStation Playmakers to really appeal to you, the audience, the uh, Janet audience. So this is just like off the top of my head. I don't know. I don't necessarily think it would. I don't know if it could look good. And I don't necessarily follow their content like as heavily as I once did. But Amanda Rach Lee does planner content. And I feel like the that aesthetic, that kind of doodly aesthetic, like maybe they could come up with something that would look because also i'm looking one thing i'd like and i don't mind like having like badass stuff because like there's appeal points there too with like how you can structure things around different ip but i wouldn't mind some more cute there's not really like a lot of cute with playstation right now and i think mm. that's something that's really lacking i mean we do have the nova pink but frankly it looks like really close to the red in pictures and it's really dark like i picked it because i'm like well it's pink so you know sure close enough but it's not really my ideal coloring um 
So yeah, I want something like, give us something for the cozy gamer, you mm. know? And I know like PlayStation, again, if you think of what they're known for platform-wise, not a lot of titles coming to mind for that. So I get that. But again, we're, we're trying to expand, mix it up. Like, I feel like there's so many ways to have, you know, a cute Switch. And granted, the Switch is so customizable with the dock and the Joy-Con and all that. But like looking at the the PlayStation, like it's not really carrying its weight, like sitting on my desk here and my setup. So that's that's what I would want. But uh, what about you? Who's your tastemaker of choice? Here's what I'll say. This isn't even for me, but Barrett will understand exactly where I'm going with this. You mm-hmm. you want to get like a, a black pink or like you gotta you gotta dip into the K-pop realm. Oh my god! If yeah. you did, honestly, you'd sell so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I think I think that's the direction you the go. Yeah, it, yes. it, yeah. If there was like a BTS uh, P- a PS5 or some shit, Alyssa would be like, "Yo, I know we already own a PS5, but what if we owned another PS5?" And yeah, like that's that's a lot of PS5s to have in one house. Yeah, I think 100%. I, I think you would get a lot of people hyped about that. Um, yeah, yeah. And all. I think, frankly, I think you could make that look really cool because I think they have like really nice like aesthetic design stuff and like they the k-pop community in general or the k-pop business rather is so in tuned with special edition stuff Mm. that i feel like if anyone's gonna knock this out it's gonna be someone from those kinds of spaces um but yeah the uh, bts faceplates would do like stupid numbers for sure story number four ea lays off 200 apex legends qa testers this is jeffrey russo at gamesindustry.biz more than 200 QA staffers who mostly worked on Apex Legends were laid off. As reported by Kotaku, EA's Baton Rouge, Louisiana office has made its quality assurance team redundant. Sources said the employment notice came from an un- unscheduled and mandatory meeting with their contract firm, Magnet Global. Additionally, full-time supervisors affected by the shuttering of the testing team will be provided a severance of 60 days. The move is also said to have not changed the status of the EA's uh, Baton Rouge studio. It remains open and operational. The redundancy news comes a, uh, a month after the game firm announced that Apex Legends Mobile would be shut down on May 1st. This is an, another unfortunate one in a list of unfortunate news stories that we read lately about um, layoffs in the games industry, but then also in the tech industry as a whole. But 200 Apex Legends QA testers are, is a ridiculous number. I didn't yeah, know you had that many people QA testing the game. I didn't know that was even like <laughs> the number. <laughs> I think, too, like what's concerned. I mean, a lot of things are concerning about this, but one mm-hmm. thing is, OK, well, I mean, that QA still needs to be done. So I wonder, is it just like laying off staff and now you're just going to freelance that out for cheaper? Like, that's the other so, aspect of it, because that, that work still needs to happen. I have uh, a bit of uh, up, uh, of an update on that one. Right. This comes from Twitter uh, where um, somebody who apparently worked for EA Baton Rouge tweeted this out uh, yesterday, like after being laid off. They tweeted out, uh, and this is, if Bear, if you want to pull it up, this is almighty, I'll, I'll just drop it, actually, I'll send it to you. Um, I'll drop it in assets. But they tweeted out, EA just fired all the people in the office I used to, wor- uh, I used to work at before they fired us at 8 this morning uh, in Baton Rouge. Just realized an hour later, they used, to, they used us to train a UK team and European team and replace us with them. At EA, feel like explaining, right? Like, that seems it, it seems like they're just yeah shifting that work to another part of um ea which is unfortunate yeah and i'm I'm digging through my own twitter to try to find like there was really unfortunately this is not new right like we've seen things like this a lot and there was I'm, what i'm trying to dig for and I, I probably won't find it unfortunately is a recent conversation about qa and like the work of qa and all of that yeah there's the there's a tweet for people watching the video version um talking about what, what blessing just read but the 
issue of QA not being respected or held onto or maintained is also, I mean, you see this in a lot of fields that are like underappreciated and have high turnover. You lose like so all the knowledge that you lose of how things are done. And obviously mm-hmm. there they did the kind of shysty thing of, oh, well, it's fine because we had you pass on the knowledge to like the new people that are taking the job. But that happens over and over again. And things could be so much better for just everybody involved. Like, I think the conversation was really around like the pay for QA and the fact that it is a shame that people can have passion and expertise for something like QA and still feel the need to leave, whether it's being forced out through layoffs or firings or what have you, um, or just needing like more money. Um, and like, just in general, you know, I don't want to spend too much time like harping on like the lar- the larger picture, but really to scale up, there's so many jobs in this industry, in other industries where it's a shame that people can't make a living off of doing like a full-time job. Like that's yeah. ridiculous. And especially too, like not even just a living, but like a living of some aspect of comfort, because I think there's so many scales to like, you know, people's livelihoods and things. And the idea that something that's allegedly, we always talk about the white collar, the technical jobs. Oh, that's where you can, you know, enjoy. And again, we can talk about how that's kind of a bullshit split. The fact that we even have that as a split in our society. Mm-hmm. But the fact that even those jobs end up not having that, you know, talking to people who work at some of the most like prestigious, you know, outlets or studios being like, I have to shop and and double check that I, that stuff's on sale before I buy it at the grocery store because I can't afford it otherwise while working in like a highly technical, highly important space. Like it's such bullshit. Um, And it just hurts everyone involved. And it's just so frustrating to see this happen time and time again, when things could be done so much better for everyone. And they're just not uh, because of money. 1,000%, especially for a role that is very crucial and important to the game development process, right? Without QA, all the shit literally falls apart, right? Like, games aren't aren't able to be put together without that, right? Without getting that feedback and also without, like, you know, being able to iron out those those bugs and identify the bugs and be in, um, like, testing and all that stuff. Uh, And so, yeah, it's unfortunate to, like, see QA treated like a... Almost like, a, oh, you're disposable. You know, I'll lay, lay them off, right? They knew what they were getting into. It's like, no, it should not be like that. And so, um, you know, I'm sending love to the people that were, that were laid off. Uh, and yeah, it's fucked up. That, that's how that shit uh, happens. Story number five, our final news, or second to final news story for the day. Uh, Sifu Arena's expansion has been dated for March. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Sifu will be released for Xbox consoles and made available on Steam on on March 28th, developer and publisher Slowclap has confirmed. The latest game from the French indie studio behind Absolver, Sifu was originally released for PS4, PS5, and PC via Epic Game Store last February before coming to Switch in November. The game's Xbox and Steam release will coincide with the launch of a new Arenas expansion, which will be available as a free update for all platforms. Quote, with nine new locations and 45 merciless challenges spread over five game modes, the Arena's expansion is packing up to 10 extra hours of gameplay into the already demanding title, according to Slowclap. Quote, Masters of Kung Fu will be pushed to their limits as waves of enemies crash upon them in survival mode or push to perfection in the performance mode. With time attack, players can also battle against the clock on a path filled with enemies. Sifu's looking for a, a twist on yeah, Sifu's looking for a twist on the game's impactful combat. You can try the new capture mode, where players must take uh, and hold a marked area, or manhunt mode, where a specific target surrounded by protectors must be taken down. End quote. Uh, I absolutely love this. Of course, Sifu was uh, one of Kind of Funny's top ten games of the year last year. Uh, it's a game that I absolutely loved, uh, and it's a game that 
I want to say I beat in around seven to eight hours. And so the idea that we're getting at least 10 extra hours of, co of content packed into the arena's update, I think is awesome. The fact that they're doing all these different modes, like I'm, I think I was just asking for like one one mode that was like an arcade or score attack style mode or like a boss rush type thing. The fact that they're adding in five game modes with uh, more locations, I think that's awesome. Yeah, all these challenges. Shout out to them. I absolutely love it. And it's going to add to add even more replayability to Sifu, a game that I'd say already had quite a bit of good replayability. But yeah, adding in more modes where you can kind of do this endless stuff. Oh, yeah, that's going to skyrocket uh, gameplay game gameplay time uh, by a lot. Like, I'm going to return to this. And so good on them. Barrett, is, is this one you're going to check out? I know you're also uh, super big into Sifu. No, no, probably not. It, it's 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 harder to find time for everything that you want to play and i'm already struggling uh with that so uh probably not mm. um also it, it seems that I, I forget if you said this is uh launching on other platforms as well yes um, yeah 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 because yeah. yeah, that's cool it, it's cool to have like a new audiences come and, and play that game because yeah it is so special uh and i think the the more people play it the more they'll understand of why we love it so much uh and i hope that they they fall in love with it as well 100 percent I still have it installed, I think, because part of me believes that I will go back to finish you're, it. You're never going to go back to it. I, I did go back to <laughs> it for a little not. bit for Game of the Year, like when we're uh, over the break and I was kind of like deciding my final list to vote for Game of the Year and stuff like that. Um, I did go back to it. I was like, God damn, what a, what a great game. Weird no, to like do a game. full restart and play through that because then you don't have all of the like uh, unlocked abilities and stuff. I'm like, oh, God. I need all those abilities. Speaking of going back uh, to a game, though, so uh, I've been playing more Escape Academy. Uh, they dropped the DLC a while ago, and it's taken me and Yami like too long to beat this DLC that's only five levels. But um, went back to it. I'm not going to talk about the Escape Academy DLC. I don't know if I'll ever get to on like PS Love You or something. And so I'll talk about sure. it here. Goddamn, Escape Academy, very fun game. And I love the fact that they can just bust out more escape rooms escape rooms for that game. Um, and I had such a fun time doing the DLC with Yami that we were like, all right, what more can we play? And I hit you up because on PS Love You a few weeks ago, you recommended we were here. I've not booted mm -hmm. it up yet, but I have okay. it. We bought it and I have it installed. And at okay. some point, we're booting it up and we're but playing also, We Were Here. Remember to We Were Also Here? What's of course. the sequel called? Oh, we, yeah. were, we Were Here Too. We Were Here Too. And then there's We Were Here Together, which also, like, again, another, not sure when I'll get around to talking about it. And I haven't finished yet. We Were Here Together. Not, not yeah, it? I don't know. I. Okay, so the, my beef with that game, and like for those who don't know, like Escape Academy, you know, Operation Tango, like we were here, like these are all games that you play, you know, co-op mandatory games, and you're so working towards like a shared goal of some form. So like, you know, in Operation Tango, like you're relaying information to your partner to work on a shared goal. I will say Escape Academy, you're not always necessarily relaying information, but you're working together on like getting out of the shared room and maybe it's like oh I've, i figured this out over here and then you figured this out over here and that's kind of how the structure is so we were here um that series runs similarly but i'm on the third game we were here together i think is the name of the third game i'm not sure they have some at least the early puzzle like the first puzzle stuff was fine but then after that it was very much like I, I didn't feel like I could split off very much. It wasn't like I'm giving you info and we both need each other. It was kind of like one of us sort of needs to solve this and maybe just tell the other person what to do. It, it's not as like involved. Like I don't feel like it's even. And that's the part that I haven't been enjoying about it. Mm. But that's just like the second puzzle area. Maybe they'll like open it up more. But I'm like, mm, I think y'all like zagged a little bit too much. But again, I still have two games after that. And I already have like the last game 
owned. So I'm probably going to write it out regardless, but we'll see how the series goes. Again, I have have not actually I have a little bit of similar feelings about the Escape Academy DLC where there are some puzzles Mm. toward the end that involve just straight up math, like math problems that me and like me and Yami aren't like I'm I'm decent as like very basic math. Um, sure. And Yami's like, you count me out for math shit. And so I'm like, I'm sitting there and legitimately just doing equations in my head of like, no, this isn't it, this isn't it. And like for 10 to 15 minutes doing like equations in my head for one uh, aspect of a puzzle. Uh, I think they were going a bit more, uh, they were going a bit harder and a bit more technical in some of those Escape sure. Academy DLC puzzles. And I think some of them were hit. But like, I would say, yeah, for sure, some of them were misses. Um, but I just like the fact of, you know, they're adding in more content. And they have a roadmap. So I think we're going to get a bit more content, um, I think, this season, um, if yeah, I remember I have, that roadmap um, correctly. I have that DLC as well. I just haven't gone back to it yet. I'm kind of saving it for maybe when, you know, me and Isaiah get our next place and we have like more space to make content. And it's not just us in the corner mm. of like the room. Um, I think that's what I'm saving it for. But I even have like, I have a whole like plan thing. I even have like extra codes to give away and stuff. Like, I just yeah. haven't, I want to like do it up because I really love um, that game as well. And like, I'm always looking for co op games like that. So, like, if you're, if you follow me on Twitter or you have Twitter or whatever, like, at me with, co-op games that have that aspect like literally also always same. looking for them oh yeah like basically this at is like our us. thing yeah we like kn- which again and i know you play with yami and i play with isaiah so like i don't we have to do one of these together we gotta do it on stream like we gotta find yeah. we gotta like put uh, operation tango did do the update where they added like a challenge mode that has all these puzzles okay. to them and I, I haven't done those i don't know if you've done those but maybe no, that's a stream right there yeah we gotta we gotta do something because it's been like we both are like experts in this genre i don't know if you call it a genre the whatever, co-op the style. puzzle yeah yes escape room type game. we should just go to a real escape room. room why don't we just go to a real escape room and have like mike I've and the team because you gotta get up you know i don't know i'll we'll we'll do a lot of stuff we got we got a lot of content in the works so oh, yeah. stay tuned but yeah i to cap off that story right like the D- escape academy dlc was like it was kind of it was very difficult and by the end of it me and yami were like we got more time to hang out but like i'm we're, we're both tired and so we're just like yo what if we just played an fmv game and we played five dates that game, mm. I heard like Greg talk about it years ago on PS Love You, but I, he seemed a bit more middling on it, sure. like middling to good. Uh, I played it with Yami, and like that game was really fun. And I actually can't okay. wait now to play Ten Dates. Ten Dates just came out on um, on uh, Valentine's Day, and these yeah. are FMV games that are almost like dating simulators, where you're playing as a character who's going on a bunch of online dates. Um, but yeah, no, them, them Wales Interactive FMV games—they're hit or miss, but when they hit, they can they can hit pretty hard. I've put a on your recommendation. I put like a request in somewhere to try to like play those because I also really like those FMV games. And also, you still need to play Late Shift because you've never played. I it. do need to play Late Shift. One Trust day. me, that thing. It, I'm a little scared that maybe you're going to be like this bitch. I don't know what she's talking about, but it hits hard as fuck. It is so good. I also you need have to, play, to play it. There's a there's a game that's called Who Killed Uncle Something from no, uh, who, who uh, put Uncle Jeff on mute or some shit like that. Yeah, it's it? some, some shit like it that. Was like from a Wales Zoom Interactive, fucking interactive game or something like that. Yeah. Um, also, you gotta you gotta play. Um, what's that old ass one that had all the drama around it on the Nintendo Night? Night Trap? Oh, yeah, Night you Trap. Gotta pl- you gotta play Night Trap for the culture, the history blessing. I don't like, know if I gotta play Night Trap. I feel like that's what I can probably to, skip. You, you should, you should, why not? Why not? What's, what's, what's stopping you? Was, you know, wasn't that, like, why wasn't you that game way? controversial because it was, like, perverted or something? Like, wasn't there some uh, shady no, shit going on? Like, it, it, I played it. It's not like it's, like, pervy or anything. It's just, it was controversial a lot of the violence and then the fact that, like, oh, the girls have, like, nightgowns on, but they're not, like, made to be, in my opinion, like, they're not made to be, like, sexy or anything. It's just the fact that... And they had to change a lot of the aspect of the game as they were making it because 
they were like, okay, well, this looks too violent, so we're going to make them have, like, this weapon, so it's less violent. Okay. It definitely is hard as fuck. You will need a guide at a certain point, but it's intriguing to, like, check it out. I don't necessarily think it's like, oh, this is still a great game, but, like, I think as a hardcore FMV person, you will get a kick out of okay. this game. It's worth, like, da- you got to dabble a little, you know? Also, the game, so the game I was talking about earlier is who pressed mute on Uncle Marcus? Uh, okay. Someone has attempted to murder Uncle Marcus at the family meeting. Uncover the truth in the yearly family quiz before it's too late. That sounds like my shit. And so I can't, I like, I, I, I want to play that, but I also want to play it with, with like friends so we can experience also, that shit together. The, the, the last thing I'll say on this topic, because this is basically, also we need like just to be able to do this regularly because I feel like there's so much ground to cover. Mm-hmm. Um there, so I played this one game, and I'm not gonna like name either of these games because one I forgot kind of the name of one of them, and the other one I haven't played yet, so I don't want to talk about it yet. But I played this one game, FMV game, and it was god awful. It was like one of the worst games I've played in my entire life. I hated it. I like, I, I hated this game. I was like, this game's so bad, y'all. Like, I cannot even. Was it Erica? Anyway, so I played that. Tw- no, it was um, she sees black clouds or dark oh, clouds. Oh yeah, or that's something. another Will's interactive one. It was that one's really bad. Don't play it. It's bad. Okay. It's also like it gets kind of like super jank towards the end. Kind of victim blaming at some points. I don't. I didn't like it. I, I didn't like anything about it. Listen, it was not good for the audience that, that are watching. If you not watched or if you missed our stream where me, Nick, and Mike, I think played um, Blood Sport. No, Blood. Um, blood island it was like a battle yes. royale blood game oh, i forget what it's called but like we did a stream uh and if you if you can find this by wills interactive if you can find the name of that game i think it's called blood hunt um yeah i'm like 90 percent sure it's called blood hunt uh if you can fi- yes blood hunt if you can find no blood hunt is the fucking vampire masquerade blood shore blood shore that's what it is blood shore thank you aj <laughs> in the chat for shouting that up type in blood shore kind of funny into youtube and watch that stream if you want to get a taste of the games that me and Shannon are talking about uh, talking about because that's another one where you play as like youtubers and shit that go on an island to kill each other and it's a fucking blast it's a great okay. time so right i play that game i'm like this game sucks and it sucks so bad that i'm like i literally i'm gonna tweet that like y'all do like this game's like not good like it's not it i like, guess it's just not it so i tweeted about like hating the game and a developer or maybe a public someone who makes games who works in games dm'd me and was like hey i saw you hated that game I think you're going to fuck with our FMV game, though, so play it. And I'm like, this is a bold DM because you must have a lot of faith. And they sent me a code. This was literally like two years ago, and I still haven't played it because I just have not gotten around to it, and I want to play with my family and stuff. And it, you know, After you know two years, that's not up. getting around to it. At that point, you just don't want to play it. No, 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 because it's, it's installed. Don't don't at me about this, okay? I'm it's been installed it. for two years? <laughs> Delete that yeah, game, Janet. <laughs> I play the long game. You know, everyone's trying to, like... And again, everyone's always mad. Jay, you played the game too fast. Jay, you're still not done with it. I'm not gonna win. Let me let me live. You know, let me be me. Fair I enough. Can't believe I you still let, have you it. Bullied me into getting like extra storage for my PS5. Or I feel like you're just the problem. You just keep games on your PS5 for way too long. It's like what's like two three gigabytes. What am I what am I saving it for? Let, you Remember know, when it took you two decades to beat Uncharted Four? Remember that? <laughs> exactly. And, and guess what? And 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 what did I do? You beat Uncharted 4. You That's beat it. what I fucking thought. That's what it. I'm fucking talking about. I That's fucking fair. deliver, bitch. So, boom. <laughs> um, Days Gone is still... Actually, Days Gone's not installed. I'm not going to play that, but I want Isaiah to play it so I can watch and play it. I know I can look it up on YouTube, but it's not the same. And if mm-hmm. you don't understand that, you don't understand me. But yeah, I'm really excited to play that because I'm like, to, to see me hate this game and be like, no, but our game? Like, I gotta play it. So, I'll keep you posted. Please I'll do. I'll you up in three years. I'll play it and I'll let you know if it's good. <laughs> Final news story. Uh, this is story number six. Telltale delays Wolf Among Us 2. Uh, this comes directly from uh, an image that they tweeted out on Twitter. Uh, an important update for the Wolf Among Us 2. We've made the difficult decision to delay the Wolf Among Us 2 out of 2023. We know it's frustrating to hear. 
We started work on this in 2020, and we're still determined to tell the ongoing story of Big B and the rest of the Fable Town gang. However, it is going to require more time. As disappointed as you are hearing this, uh, we feel worse having to say it. But the work continues. We're committed to delivering the sequel fans deserve and doing what's right for the game while protecting the health of our team. We appreciate your patience and understanding the Telltale team. And it's like the famous LeBron quote, you put out a bad game in 2022 and it's bad forever, but you put out a good game in 2023 and you break the NBA record. Exactly. Fooled me. You can't get fooled again. So, exactly. you know, take your time. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously the delays are always disappointing in the sense that, oh, we got fantasy. Did someone have this in Paris. fantasy? Oh yeah, look at Paris. Paris. See, this is, this is why you don't fill up, fill up your fantasy team on day, on week he, one. Okay. He fucked I'm up. Saving, yes, I'm saving like my Look at that atomic card score. <laughs> Like like any uh, coward, I'm saving my big thoughts for when you know the stuff's already done. So it's like it's not, I don't really have any you know call outs ahead of time. But one Paris filling it up, that's an L. Well, I don't know why he filled it up immediately. Two, I saw some of the stuff Paris drafted, and I don't know, dog. Like the numbers oh, yeah. won't for themselves. He's got suicide you know squad, I mean? squad like, up in there. Like oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure NBA 2K is gonna save you, Paris, on that one. Yeah. Um. So you know, shout out, but. Peace, I love you. Victory is def, def secured. That's oh, yeah. All, that's all no, I we know. got this. Janet, um, <laughs> I can't wait for Wolf Among Us fans to finally get Wolf Among Us 2 in 2024, maybe, or maybe later. Who knows? But the release of Wolf Among Us 2 is just so far away. If I wanted it was coming out to Mom Grop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Leap for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, PC. A Fox and His Robot for PC and Switch. Classic. Bra- do, you, do you know about A Fox and His Robot? No. Uh, it just sounds just like a tale. charming tale yeah. about A Fox and His Robot. <laughs> a tale as old as time. Uh, Brock, the investigator. You see what they did there? Gate, invest the gate because mm. he's an alligator for PS. I assume nice. he's an alligator. Um, maybe he's a crocodile. <laughs> <What is that? laughs> for PS4, PS5, Switch, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. Uh, Bendy and the Dark Revival for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. Remember when it was just the ink machine? And now yeah. it's the Dark Revival. Now, is this, oh, this is a Fox and oh, Robot. This is the Fox and Robot. He's that looks like Super Meat Boy for a second. That looks he's like Tails. real quick. Is that not just Tails? This reminds no, me of um, a red game without a great name, which was not a good game, but I did beat it. So the art style like looks like it wants to be Ori a little bit. I mean, not as detailed as Ori, but like it wants to be Ori. But then like the platforming looks a bit a faster paced. And then the main character kind of looks like Tails. But it's just the weirdest sequel to the And it, it says Joshua Jank presents. And his, <laughs> they're living up to the last name there because this looks a little, the- a little jank. A little they're, they're playing fast oh, and Janet, loose with Janet. the art direction. Janet. My apologies, but, Joshua. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe now this uh, looks like limbo. Maybe it's on purpose. Maybe they are like going through different aesthetics in like iconic games or something. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. He's moving. He's moving though. He's moving and grooving. I on see some, the fox. I don't see the robot, but on some parts that that actually did look a little bit neat. Like when he was going fast back oh, and yeah. forth between the different orbs. I'm like, okay, that looks like it could be fun. But then also. It reminds you a little bit of like the Flash animation style that we like make fun of a little bit, but interesting. Yeah, that's uh, Fox and his robot. Uh, Card Crawl Adventure is out today for PC and mobile. Delicious Dungeon for PC. Fight and Rage for PS for PS Five, uh, Xbox Series X, and then Pillars of the Earth is out today for Switch. New dates for you. 
Gripper is launching on Switch and PC on March 29th. Uh, the game devs of Color Expo returns online on September 27th through the 30th. Mini, Mini Motorways cruises to the seaside in a bridge to Busan update on March 8th. And then Atlas Fallen releases May 16th on PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. You think about Busan Coffee, Bliss? I was thinking of training to Busan, oh, okay. the, the movie. Because yeah. I was just thinking about the Busan coffee that Greg would fucking drink all the time. Oh, yeah, that would okay. give him superpowers? Yeah. God, never forget. Uh, and then deal of the day for you, Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden Bundle is $29.61 on the US PSN store. It's also free on Game Pass, but if, if, you're, if you're on a PlayStation, then yeah, you can get it on sale right there. Uh, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Delaney Twining says, Bless said CC Lamb when mentioning the athletes for the PS5 in, in content. His name is C.D. Lamb. C.D. Right. Lamb. Um, Nothing else is real. <laughs> Diddley says uh, Xbox is releasing a Mandalorian Xbox Series X. It's like a missed... New date, I guess. Um, let's see. People are writing in about escape rooms. And then somebody said I should play, play Late Shift. These are not your wrongs. Yeah. You just, just tweet me about yeah. these things, you know? See yeah, me on some Twitter. of these are just like, the, the, no editorialization on the your wrongs. It has to be something we said that was incorrect. Wait, I actually love this. Look at it this. looks really good. I've actually been looking into like, do I want to do anything to my Xbox Series X? Because um, ever since I put it next to my um, record player speaker and it looks the same as the speaker like i've been it's not been sitting with me well um and i've thought about doing like a cover or something for it like a was it d brand or whatever but like i don't none of those pop for me but, but this, this is dope this is a sweepstakes thing not a uh purchasable thing so you have to yeah. go in this one i, I need... love how they put the cloth over the controller that's adorable oh that's really cute yeah no, to make it look like so baby smart. what a smart that. idea no, i actually love that it's, no we gotta stop xbox gotta stop making little codes for controllers it's so dumb but it's like a little this baby yoda the first time this is here's it. the thing that's the kind of stupid shit they're playing to the stupid bitch yeah. market and that's the market that i'm in no, so like this is the shit that i pop for because the last the last time they sold it and stoic mike almost bought it or probably did buy it i'm not sure which this is just a yeah if i win that yeah i'll put my let me put my little green xbox controller yeah, in. yeah if you like, win it, that's a fair thing that's a fair thing but to like Let's there are like it, retail little hoodies that you can buy for your fucking xbox controller this is what i need place i don't know God. man i saw someone on tiktok have a backpack for their stanley cup and i'm like honestly it looks really cute i need I um, wish I had that playstation playmakers to poach baby yoda and like do their own baby yoda like design because i'm i was thinking that xbox one his name is or xbox grogu. series x sorry grogu i'm sorry for no the, one knows who that people is people being offended by <laughs> me saying baby yoda all right i'm not watching season three i'm done with the mandalorian that's a lie i'll probably watch it if it's good uh tomorrow's hosts for kfgd are question marks <laughs> i think you'll see tim but aside from tim i don't know i don't know who's gonna host with them and, and quick thing uh, speaking of the mandalorian uh in uh, around a half hour over on youtube.com slash kind of funny uh tim myself and anthony carboni will be reviewing oh. and breaking down the first episode of the mandalorian season three uh if you want to check that out uh of course Oh, after this, actually, I should say, is uh, Warzone with Mike and Nick, if you're watching this live. If you want to catch that later, of course, that'll be up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, Janet, thank you so much for joining me on Kind of Funny Games Daily. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super fun. Yeah, of course. This has been KFGD, each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily.